from Virgil Village, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this, my young friends, is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus. In the studio today, from Yo Is This Racist, formerly an anthropomorphized credenza, Andrew T. What up? And of course, the mayor of North Mollywood, speaking teapot, Molly Lambert. Hey, everybody. What's going on? These pots, if you're nasty. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long. For you guys, it has been like but a week. For for our hypothetical listeners, it's been but a week. But we've been off. We put two in the bank that we don't remember making. Let's say we put (laughs) 1.5. Okay, fair enough. We put 1.5 in the bank. (laughs) We're like Stephen King. We don't. There's some shows we don't remember doing, and one of them is Cujo, and it doesn't really hold up. Uh, That was definitely the Cujo episode. That was it. That was the one. We don't even where the plot is nebulous. I'm pretty sure it was about something we'd done a show about before. <laughs> we maybe <laughs> didn't have two shows worth of Planet Earth 2 takes in us. Uh, but thanks for listening if you did. And thanks for coming back if you did and then came back. Mostly thanks for coming back. <laughs> big, big ups for returning. Welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to the Haunted Castle. Oh, man. So... This week, I gave you guys an assignment. I decided recently that I wanted to see Beauty and the Beast because it looked so weird. And also, I just never go see movies. And I was like, I want to see that. I want to go see that movie specifically. And then it's the number one movie in the country. Many weeks now. Two weeks at least. So uh, very topical. (laughs) Um, but mostly, I wanted to torture Alex and Andrew yep. with a movie that I wanted them to see. God. the In the group thread for this show, Alex uh, beat me to the draw, but just sent a screenshot of the runtime to the group thread where we both kind of, when it, when it was dawning on us that we would actually have to watch this <laughs> motherfucker. I left it until the last possible moment, which was not a good idea. Because I ended up having to go at 9.20, and this movie is <laughs> nine hours and 20 minutes long. Movie as long as time. Um, it is really a lot of movie. It's longer than the original Beauty and the Beast. They By put all lot, kinds of right? stuff in it that wasn't so in there. Longer. They just packed it in. Backstory. I don't remember that being a short movie when I was a kid, like that cartoon yeah, version. When you're a kid, all movies are long. The original 90, 1991 animation is still a pretty flabby hour 50. I'm saying, though. So this is a half hour longer than, like, kids' movies should be 80 minutes long. There was a kid full asleep, like, sawn wood asleep on his dad's lap next oh. to me as I was watching this movie. I like, he could I not. Could've... Who takes a kid, like, a six-year-old to, like, a 920? Okay. okay. I wish I could have found that sort of to... watching this fucking <laughs> Molly's first, Yes. This brings us to Molly's first point about this, about this movie, which is a super valid point, which is how you sort of sold it to us as, like, why it was going to be interesting to talk about. And, like, I want to, like, I, this is where I want to go first. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I want you to say no. uh, that it's that it's terrifying. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> it is terrifying. It, it is, is the scariest movie I have seen since it follows. Correct. What is the scariest aspect of this movie? Um, for that you? they try to sort of make it realistic rather than yeah. allowing the enchanted objects to be cartoony. To be like 
3D computer animated versions of what you remember the magic teapot and its child looking like. They were like, let's go historically accurate and get time appropriate flatware and then make it sing and dance. And then just barely make it move. The thing that I was I was telling my friend about this yesterday when when she asked me why why did you watch Beauty and the Beast? I was like, <laughs> I had to. And then I was like, what's the difference? Every object in the 91 thing looks like a nice plush thing that you could be friends with. Every single object in Beauty and the Beast 2017 looks like if you touched it, it would cut you. <laughs> it looks like it would hurt you. You were like they all look sharp. You were like, why is this movie so jagged? Yeah. Which is <laughs> correct. Every- <laughs> it's like, did you guys have a Transformers trailer when you saw it? Well, no. you didn't see it in the theater, Andrew, but uh, like, no comment. No comment, right? Sorry. I mean you did, of course, because uh you wouldn't pirate a car. No, you paid um, good money for that pizza. Paid them so- totally. You would not steal a pizza. Um the, like I had a Transformers trailer, and so this put it in my head. The way that they move is like when there's a little transformer in those movies. Yeah. And it's like you can tell that it's something that's not this combination of things like should not be able to be mobile and therefore the movement like there's no thing in nature to base its movement on. So it just kind of is like, eh, ah, <laughs> yeah. hug. come touch me. Just creaky, <laughs> clanking, sharp, fucking like you can feel like there's like metal shavings everywhere. <laughs> off of It's just fucking gross. Alex, I have a question for you as someone with a child. <laughs> yes. Have children, because the Transformers movie is another example. Transformers went from cell animation. You, in the animation of Transformers, it doesn't feel like you would get, like, you would cut your hand off touching any of the Transformers. Whereas the current Michael Bay Transformers look like they would kill you. You know, I feel like the animated Transformers my- would also kill you. Yeah, but they were at least smooth. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, these the Michael Bay Transformers look like they're made out of like just like the drawer in your kitchen that you don't want to reach into. Yeah, in the dark. It's like just sharp. It's like oh, this guy's made of all pizza cutters. Like, <laughs> yeah, come like, give him a hug. Like they and, all look like if you'd reached your hand into your, your uh, sink garbage disposal. <laughs> it's like all... if you turned it a guard like a giant garbage disposal inside out yeah. and put eyes on it and yeah. then gave it like a slightly racist accent. Like that's Correct. Michael Bay's Transformers. And that's where this, that's what these things remind me of. Like, as yeah. they're jumping around, it reminded me of, you know, the little, like, it, like, yeah. There's, I guess there's Ewan McGregor is shaped like a man, and that's also creepier. <laughs> oh, the, can- so the candelabra. I didn't it's fuck so anyone. He play, anyone in the he's cast. Lumiere. Oh, yeah. I have, there are people who want to fuck the candelabra. I myself did not. No, um, he was not as sexy in this one as he is in the original. <laughs> well, you know, in the original, it's Jerry Orbach. Yeah, what? Yeah, sure that blew my mind when I watched the original semi-recently. I was like, who's Lumiere? And I looked it up and I was like, Jerry Orbach had like a, you know, 50s Broadway career, like yeah, many actors right. of that time. Before. Uh, gave away his eyes as well, Jerry <laughs> yeah. Orbach. To, to New Yorkers, to unsighted New Yorkers. Oh, I was like. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you missed living in New York when they had. And there's a John Mulaney stand up bit about this, but. It's like I gave you my eyes. Correct. 
Oh, uh, wait, going back real I quick to the kids thing. I thought you meant like he left them in the haunted no, castle No, he's like, forever. Jerry Orbach gave his life to acting and his eyes to two New Yorkers. And it's like, those two things, obviously wait, one followed the other. Two different people got each one of his eyes? One of the, yeah, no, I mean, like, there's a, absolutely I, I, That there. is a horror more movie. Though, there are lots of parts of the eye you can donate. But like I mean, that, you can donate a whole eyeball, I guess, but. There's a generation of New Yorkers corniest. looking at the world through literally Jerry Orbach's eyes, uh, which is why they think everyone's a murderer. <laughs> Let's okay. It's like, and it's a little funny to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, wait, my question about the kids thing is like, yeah. are we just old? Do kids today? Because Transformers, huge. This movie, huge. Ostensibly for children. Do children do the fucking precious ass snowflakes of today? Did what do they just need a drawer full of knives to feel comfortable? Like, what is up? I, you know, it's weird because I was watching this without, there's like two people, there's, you know, living in my house who would like to see this movie theoretically. <laughs> and I'm the that one That was also why I was like, you have a reason to see it. Maybe. I would not have taken my child to see this movie. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, so I don't know if kids, I don't think kids want this. This is, I mean, this brings me to the question that I wanted to ask, or one of the questions which I wanted to ask about this movie, which is, who is this for? I'm sorry. Your question is, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> who the shit is this for? It's like it is. It's scary, but it's also it doesn't. It like it's. It's not as if they created some sort of adult perspective on yeah. this. No, story. it's a gritty reboot, which is the weirdest idea for Beauty and the Beast. Well, rides the line because it is a. It is gritty in the backstory, but other shit is shot for shot. ish yeah. like the way they did. Um, was it Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty? One of those? Wasn't there a brand yeah, they one do that these... was like truly shot for shot? This one, they had the trailer that was shot for shot of maybe the opening song. And okay. I thought it was just going to be shot for shot the whole time. But then they added they in deviate from it a bunch of background <laughs> yeah. just in case the story wasn't. So I is okay. So I haven't for seen you. the animated one recently. Is there that? That prologue is all new, right? The details of. Um, like the beast becoming the beast where you get to see uh, what a ponce he was before he was yeah. a beast it's uh in the original he's a child when he gets turned into the beast okay. and right. they do it they dispense of it very quickly with a cool little stained glass that's thing. right yeah 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 uh and then they get right to bell this i was sort of like what is happening he's joffrey before he becomes the beast basically. yeah it's like is that a game of thrones reference that's a game of thrones reference sorry mom he's taxing the the peasants to throw himself parties that are orgies. I mean, it's it's clear that you're supposed to, as the adult consumer, you're supposed to think that there's an orgy afterwards. Really there unpleasant were orgy. A too. lot oh. of eyes wide shut things happening in this movie. <laughs> so everything they added is fucking disgusting. We'll be right back to talk about Beauty and the Beast more after this break. What about the magic mirror sequence when they go to Belle's childhood apartment in Paris and watch her mother die from the plague? <laughs> and then there's one of those scary plague masks 
That is my yeah. new least favorite thing is that plague, the long plague nose mask. Because it's in Eyes Wide Shut. It is in, uh, yeah, but it's like, like it makes That's you look like a. That's not why. No, like, that, that makes it cool to me, thing. but yeah. like, it, like, yeah, and like, I mean, it makes you look like a Sandman character kind of, but like, it, it's, yeah, that re- giant, like that, it's really Something unpleasant. from Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. That's a, like there was a lot of like faux Tim Burtonism in this movie. Well, it's Tim Burton directed that Alice in Wonderland, that yes. first Alice in and Wonderland he directed reboot. Sweeney Todd, and if those two movies yeah. fucked, they were like, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> this movie. If those two movies fucked, we'd all be in trouble. Is the answer? Oh. But yeah, it's, I feel like trying to think like what the beginning of this is because it's also. Um, uh, Maleficent feels like a real like that's a moment when they figure out what they're doing because it also always involves like humanizing the bad guys and making it kind of not their fault like in this case the bad beast isn't the bad guy exactly and it's like obviously there's a bad guy in Gaston but yeah they did but kind the of make it should be the bad guy the beast deserves nothing less than the guillotine they, yes, in like the first act they make it not his fault though because they're like oh his mother died and then his father who was a real bad person warped his mind and turned him into this bad prince that he became. And so it's not his fault. The thing that causes him to be cursed to become the beast is technically not his fault in the same way that like Maleficent like establishes that she's the wicked queen, not because she's wicked, but because I don't even remember now, but right. something happened like Angelina Jolie, like which is the conceit of the musical wicked. Yeah. Which is like right. the, the maybe evil witch the is maybe the good witch. Text. Right. Of these um, kinds of as things. As in, so you're telling me the Disney Corporation will bend over backwards to justify uh, white villains' behavior, but uh, we still, hey, we still talk I would about love... how murdered black kids are like, yo, they shoplifted. Just throwing that out there, <laughs> homies. Uh, wait, can I, ask a, can I ask a question about the original again? Yes. Um, does the fucking reveal like the the origin story of the beast say that he's a prince? Isn't yeah, that a reveal. He's a fucking prince who lives in a castle. No, no, no I know that, but wasn't we that- know that, but Beauty doesn't know that. Oh, Belle I doesn't see. know. Okay. She just thinks he's um, but but you know, but it's kind of obvious from the whole living in a castle part. Yeah, but isn't right. the storytelling better if you don't find out he's a prince until the fucking. Final scene? I like that you're trying to fix this movie. Yeah. As though it could be fixed. You want to fix it in your head, though. I mean, I don't know. Here's another thing. So we get all this backstory. We, for some reason, we add in the plague because kids love the plague. Kids love the plague. They love Plague Doctor Masks. Plague Doctor Masks. They like to see somebody just dying of consumption. But what we don't get is like... Anything more? Because like Belle is one of the few, as somebody who had a daughter who sort of like crossed that princess Rubicon where you either get into princesses or you don't. She didn't really. But like Belle was the one that you felt okay about because Belle reads books. Right. And like Belle is like dreams of a different life that's not about sort of marrying Gaston and settling down. She wants to do other things in her life. So they take this movie, they make it like another 30 minutes longer than the original and pack in all of this backstory. And what you get is like, a bunch of like dude screenwriters being like, but why is Maurice so sad? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's explore that. There's not, you don't learn anything different about you. Like, I think you learn less about Belle. If I feel like you Maurice get less. Maurice is her ab- dad. By the, yeah. Maurice is her dad played by Kevin Klein, Who's like underplaying in this. And he's really good. I kind of thought, I thought he was the best part of it. Cause he was, saw all of these other people he's around been him in musicals before. Yeah. And he knows that everybody else is going to be just going ham. And like, so he's very sort of reserved and he's pulls back. Restrained. Yeah. It was great. It's like, you're watching like, Oh, somebody who knows how to like use this yeah. instrument um like so that was great but it's weird that like there's nothing you don't 
the female protagonist is actually diminished in this version that is ostensibly like brought up to the standards of now. And, you know, like that is, that it was crazy to me. It is no way around beats. Yeah. But she doesn't have any like talking about her, like it's self beats or agency or anything yeah. like that. Excuse There's me, guys. She's very excited when the library in the beast's castle gets y- given to her. Is that right. in the movie? Is that in the Disney one? Yeah. Notice that I'm like, is that in the movie? Like, this <laughs> is something <laughs> else. This is like the TV show that happens to be in the theater. That's the turning point. Because yeah. when I watched the the original, I was also like, wow, the Beast is a dick. I sort of forgot the what a dick he is. is a dick. Um, but he's so much cuter when he's animated. And when he's a real person, he is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't bridge. They The problem is they, they want to put a realistic backstory on him. But then like... The cutesy shit he does, it it doesn't track. Because, again, we see him doing behavior that literally should get his head removed by the peasants at the at the prologue. So, so then when he's, like, drinking soup like an animal, you're like, yeah, that wasn't cute, motherfucker. You deserve death. But, again, it's very cute That's when the-, the animated beast does it, and then yeah, it's yeah. fucking frightening when a real person with, like, a weird CGI patchwork coat yeah. made of matted up fur balls. That is weirdly sharp. All that lint so looks sharp. like it would fucking like <laughs> rip your fucking hand off. Um, last, last night I also, for some reason, saw pictures of the musical, the stage musical of Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, oh, that's where this kind of comes from. Because that is also like a human being dressed as the Beast. Playing right. the Beast in a musical. So that's the stage musical version of the Disney animated movie. And yeah. then you're, well, they, they you're saying this takes that and this is maybe the movie version of that. It's like hairspray, like where it goes yes. back yeah. through the machine. Yes. But they yeah. run they run those like through a real like process. Like have you seen the stills from like the Lion King musical? It's like nothing like the animation. Oh no, that one looks really cool. That's really stylized. Like it's all people like holding up. Yeah, cutouts yeah. and stuff like it's not trying to look real I think that's the thing that's weird about this is that it is it's utterly like is the uncanny valley region of it's France just like a whole <laughs> <just> <laughs> it's a whole uncanny valley movie because it's like things that are cute when they're animated and then you make them realistic and they become terrifying <laughs> get yeah. away from me uh, my friend is also saying the weirdest thing about the movie is that uh, it was all just filmed in like huge green screen rooms probably Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying that I feel like Emma Watson is actually really good at acting against green screen because she was in all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. She has like a lot of experience acting yeah. against things that aren't there. Right. Pretend this is a dank, jagged room and the books can fly. <laughs> Go. Um, but also towards the end of the movie, during after the ballroom scene, the uh, very weird in the context of this movie, very enchanting in the original and super weird when they just sort of like, now we will do a ballroom dance for no reason. Oh, like in the the very end of the movie. Yeah, when they right. when the the title song gets sung and my friend uh, turned to me afterwards and was like, hey, this woman next to us is applauding. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm crying. <laughs> you cry, like... I got a little bit, I will say, we're talking a bunch of trash, but I actually had 
I had a mo- when you see the beast come down the stairs, there is a look that Dan Stevens gives Emma Watson through his beast mask where it's like he's like really hopeful that like he's gonna he's like took a bath and stuff and he's like eh. and like I felt so bad for him at this point like for some I felt bad for me I think I think maybe I was just tired but I did have like a moment of like oh like that's a thing that that's the moment that it sort of got that got through to me but I mean, the rest of the time, though, like, uh, Andrew, you mentioned that the Beast is a dick. The Beast is a dick. This is a movie about, like, it's like, girls, if some guy is an asshole to you, just you can humanize him with your love and he will become, he will learn how to be a good person who treats you well if you stick it out and hang in there. So it's. I really could not be a more messed up That's, uh, yeah, message. It's a Stockholm syndrome for the movie. young for the young yeah, people. Yeah, I've heard people call it a Stockholm syndrome movie, but Ugh. I disagree. How? Um also I just have such a Pavlovian reaction to those songs. That was the real thing as I was just like okay, I am but powerless against these songs. But kids today don't have those associations with those songs and again, I do not understand what makes like it's clearly a selling point. Like, clearly I'm the one that's in the wrong. But, like, a little kid just wants, like, you know, like a rubber band ball covered in broken glass, apparently, <laughs> as their friend. Like, they just don't understand why everything well, is like that for children. For I children. Ha- I have to say, also, because the objects are so frightening in this version, um, when you first see them, there is sort of a thing where you're like, oh, this would be such an actually frightening situation in real life. Yeah. When we return... I will tell the the enchanted tale of the real Beauty and the Beast. It better be less than two hours, Molly. I can't promise anything. So, there was a real Beauty and the Beast. I watched a National Geographic special about it called The Real Beauty and the Beast, I believe. Um, that was about how there was a a guy in France who had a congen congenital congenital congenital. I'm assuming a that's real actual a congenial a, conge- a congenial. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had a congenital disease that made him have hair all over his face and body that mm-hmm. people get. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. Should have looked up this info. Um, it's like the wolf boy disease. Yeah. He's like a wolf see, boy. Yeah. He was a wolf I boy think the man. Disease has lichen something in it. Yeah, it's like because it was named when people were like, "Oh yeah, there's mad werewolves." They thought they were like a werewolf man, yeah. but it was just a guy who just had hair all over his face and body, and mm-hmm. he became a like favorite of the court because they were like, "Oh, a freak." Mm-hmm. He's he looks like a beast man, but he is very like intelligent and well spoken and a regular person, just like you and I. Um. And because he was favored in the court, they, like, gave him a wife. And they were like, you, you know, you courtier get to go marry this guy that we all like because he's mm-hmm. our... He's the turtle of the... Yeah, of he's the, the beast turtle. Yeah. Um, and that she went and married him. And then they fell in love. Ugh. They fucking fell in love. And did they have uh, half uh, half wolf? Yes, children? they did. I hoped so. They did, but then the court gave them away as gifts. What? 
When was this? <laughs> <laughs> like a basket of puppies? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Come on. You know, let's just say the dark ages. Yeah. Call well, is this, it is, is it, the, is, but is it like pre revolutionary France? Is I that think like, so. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the other thing that's been kicking Alex, around. Come on. Post revolutionary France. That's, that would, we would know about that. If that happens. I'm saying like, though, no, people have been talking about the thing that I've seen kicked around is the, uh, the, the theory that all of these characters would have died in the French Revolution. Well, this is like a weird side movie of Les Mis also. In a weird way. It feels like it's in the Les Mis universe yeah. somehow. Like, like they were it, like, we'll take the costumes from Les Mis. One thing I personally hated was the attempt to make the costumes look sort of like hand sewn. There's nothing worse than like a theater outfit that's like, we're trying to make this look like it's handmade, but theatrically. Uh, yeah. I thought Bell's Town seemed really sad and depressing in a it's way that's It's supposed to. Never, I know it's supposed to, but it really reminded movie, me of- you're like- In this, yeah, again- Making it real. It, it it reminded me a little bit, and not to throw out another movie that I love in co- the context of talking about this movie, but like uh, the Gaston song, whatever Gaston's theme song is, like that number really feels like uh, Altman's Popeye. Yeah. Because everybody's so freakish oh, yeah. in the background. Yeah. And they're actually, until they all join in at the end, spoiler, whatever, you've seen a musical number before, but like until they all jump in, there's a period where they're just kind of sitting and kind of watching as if these two guys, Josh Gad and, and Gaston have like gone crazy. And they're like, huh? Oh, that's a weird thing for them to be doing in this pub. And like, that is how every, like in Popeye, like there's all these like just bystanders, like weird sweet Haven people kind of watching things happen. And like that reminded me of, of this. So. Yeah. Hey, this movie was made by Bill Condon who made gods and monsters. <laughs> that's hilarious too because you see that title come because well, what else he did he did gods and monsters but he does like stuff like this now this is like his yeah zone. like who it's wouldn't? very much who wouldn't take this chance uh i mean good you know good for them make all these movies again it, it, is, it is weird yeah that everything has to become not only does it have to become like ip that's re-exploitable but it has to be this thing where Oh, it's cool now. Like you don't like, this is always the thing that I feel weird about. I talk about this all the time, but like that at some point there used to be this thing where you had to outgrow stuff, like whatever it was that you were into as a kid. And like, that was part of your sort of arc of appreciating things was that you out, you realized that certain things were for kids and certain things were for adults. Gen X like kill that. I guess so. I guess it's our fault. I guess it's traceable back to us and being not wanting to let go of like the Brady bunch or something, but and now it's just it's just universal. It's like it, it's like no, like you're gonna this th- these things are gonna follow you into your adulthood. And the way that they're going to do that, though, this is the messed up part. It's not. I don't care that people still like things that they liked as kids. It doesn't matter. But that they're gonna follow you into adulthood by becoming like darker and kind of more depressing. And well, like it's the gritty. It's like not everything needs its own dark night. You know, like Frank Miller. I would Miller-ization. venture to say nothing needs its own Dark yeah. Knight. Maybe Batman. Most no, not Batman. Batman. Most of all, uh, you, Batman. you think Batman sixty six is like? Yeah, the, the, I like the, the fucking right. Adam they West Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is just about making new generations of furries. <laughs> yeah. Do we talk about how this movie's two, for furries? Two sex things in here. One, Josh Gad is maybe gay. He <laughs> is. Is that a maybe? Well, it's not, but then... Whoever told him his character was gay, he really took that in a direction. But then in interviews... So this is is actually referencing a thing. Like, there's a Twitter thing, obviously. But it's like, all the headlines say, like, first openly gay character, blah, blah, blah. And then in the interview... I think it was, I assume, Hollywood Reporter or something like that. But then the interview is like, 
he's confused about who he is. He loves Gaston, but he maybe wants to be Gaston. And it's like the the clearly the headline writer didn't check in with the actual interview, but it's like guy's gross in every way anyway. Hey, he's in love with One a different guy who he wants to change, and that guy doesn't change, but he like moves on and then he dances with some other guy at the end there's there, there's two actually gay characters because there's a scene there's that scene where the the wardrobe is dressing people up as yes. the, is like uh she's where there's a scene first of all let's go back and there's a she's scene where throwing dresses all the furniture the fights all the people of yeah. the town which is also really scary and coming to it is listen <gasps> like yeah. it is like you have taken acid at the wrong moment and suddenly all That's the furniture the whole movie yes is like. it's a big acid flashback that that final set piece is like the best case for a poltergeist <laughs> also kevin klein really playing the acid stuff like uh. kevin when when the when the teacup talks to kevin klein there is a little bit of not again like, <laughs> <laughs> there is okay so like josh gad is uh, first of all somebody bill condon was like whispered to josh gad like this character you are gay this character might might uh, prefer a different uh, style of company josh and then gad josh was was like, gad was like Aah! like it's the most over the top insane uh, like it's it is classically like flamingly flamboyant stage. Yeah, I was. Like, yeah. I haven't. I felt like I hadn't even seen a character like that in so long. Because the normal person thing to do would be to play it just like normal, and then let there be subtext of like that he's in love with Gaston. A whisper that we would all we'd this, all pick up on as like, adults who live in the world. No. This was like from the <laughs> 1950s. He's so beating a giant gay drum right. on screen. It's crazy. But, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is supposed to be a subtext. It's not. A, it's the text. It's right there. It's so in me, the text. Is that the part that's good for gay? So the other thing they do is make it very clear this is somehow an interracial, relatively at least race wise, like egalitarian France. I mean, yes. sure. Which I appreciated them doing but... because they like usually yeah. are like, we can't do that because it's not historically accurate. Yeah, unlike these talking fucking yeah, candlesticks. Yeah. I don't so that a, is the best part of this movie. I don't have a problem with that at all. I thought that was fine. That was cool. It's the gad, the, the the gad stuff where it's like this is this is it's not inherently no it's not progressive to have a gay character especially in your if it's movie. like a like a swishy villain. <laughs> well, we're not talking. He's not like openly or even like like it's not like Elijah from Girls is in this movie. Like it is literally like a nineteen sixties like every yeah. like just. Yeah, he's like, like, it's um, like they, take, they told a straight guy, "Hey, you're gay." They're like, "Okay." Yes, like, just act like you're leading a parade all the time. He's right? like Snagglepuss. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Okay, can we talk about Snagglepuss at we'll the end of this? A, by the way, did you see that Snagglepuss thing? Yeah, of course. The, our, the like we are the audience for the Snagglepuss gritty reboot. They made a gritty. I'm gonna. Mm, we've, no. been, we've been we've been shitting on gritty reboots <laughs> for this whole episode. I want to say that there is a, now there is a new Snagglepuss comic. In the spirit of the sort of new, like Scooby Doo and Archie, like all these, like the realistic Snagglepuss con where he is like Tennessee Williams. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it is. He is a Southern gay gentleman, and the first preview and that still I saw. Still Snagglepuss, still just wearing like it's weird because he's wearing he should be he's drawn in a realistic fashion. He looks like uh whatever Snagglepuss is, Sabretooth Tiger, who's pink. <laughs> and but the first scene <laughs> is him testifying to the House Un-American Activities <laughs> Committee about things that he's, I don't know, and he's and he basically is like, he's refusing to testify. He's like standing up, but not, he's not singing, you know? He's and the like, person who wrote it was like, I just always really felt like Snaggletooth 
was this yeah. Tennessee Williams figure, and uh, I love that they followed that dream. And they didn't even, they still draw him with no pants. That's the yeah. best part. They, and he's they like, just, because Snagglepuss just wears a collar and a tie and cuffs. Yeah, just cuffs. <laughs> he's just, he just cuffs has shirt only. cuffs. Anyway, uh, that is, that's how to do it. Um, this is not how to do it. Well, okay, here's, here's the <laughs> one counter argument for that, which is like, this is somehow ostensibly for children. So the argument for this, and I don't know why I'm making it. But for the, the whole thing? No, no, no. Sorry, for Josh Gad acting like code, like like f- stereotypically the like, super gay and then being explicitly gay in in the end, at least sort of. Like, I mean, I don't know. There's it, a, is that because there's is, that scene where there's three characters who get just. I was going to say just. So oh we yeah, know. yeah. There's the the wardrobe dresses up three male characters during the fight and like throws lady clothes on them and makeup and two of them are like ah this is yeah. terrible and they run away and the uh, the one guy's like yeah like he's like uh, you know thumbs but up to the camera. But that feels like that feels like so <laughs> like that felt like on the day they were like. Okay, we're we're at the gender panic scene, and then some exec was like, maybe we should like only one, only two thirds of the population uh, like goes through complete panic. This on whole thirteenth century France. Yeah, this entire movie is a sexual panic. Right. Oh yeah. We, so we should get to bestiality. So oh, no, real quick, I just <laughs> yeah, want to say. Sorry, I, I just, just want to say yeah. like I, I maybe the argument is that's how you normalize gayness for children. Is by having Josh Gad not be a villain at the end and acting the way he acts and like, I guess loving a man at the end. I don't know. That's the argument. I don't think it's well executed, and I hate this movie. But yeah, he it's it's too it's played too much for comedy to be in any way, and not like the not like a comedy where it's like we're all in on it and we're all right. friends here. It's like yeah. it's comedy. It's comedy like you're you're encouraged to laugh at his ridiculous antics and the fact that he's in love with well, Gaston. It's supposed yeah. to be hilarious. Gaston is so good, you guys. I will say. And I also mean, Luke Evans, who plays Gaston, is gay in real life. Yeah. Gaston's a good character. He's a great I character. Say, like, and a- I, when I watched the original recently, I was like shocked that they kill him off. Because I was like, it's a Disney movie. Um, and they, I was also shocked when they did it again in this movie because they fake out that they're not going to do it. And then they motivate it. Like you really have to kill Gaston because he's going to fucking – kill the beast because he's like a hunter he yeah. wants to just yeah. hunt big game and the beast is like big the biggest game of all antlers for his wall and there's this insane like batman movie fight at the end like yeah you'll crumbling yeah. masonry is falling and people Turrets are kicked in, and kicking people in parapets. the neck but the the hunter angle they didn't make that explicit like his turn from kind of like goofball into murderer. No, they make it explicit in the song he uses antlers in all of his decorations. No, 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 but like but they don't make <laughs> Do it like they scene. don't make it like explicit and like they talk I about- want to kill the beast because it it's played as like the jealousy and the and the scheme, but it's like I think the angle of like And he's afraid of a buffalo man. Yeah, but I that's the thing is I think the angle of like this is how I prove I'm a man right. is Better than also the you're hell on happens. Team Storm the Castle because you're like let's take down the aristocracy right 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 except yeah, Gaston, Gaston is the hero of this but movie. Gaston <laughs> is also represents authority he's the captain like there's a lot of people addressing him as like so he has some kind of official status he's like the small town yeah I don't know I think he might he's just be feds. a charismatic he's man the of the feds. people who Gaston is the feds he's the fucking there's feds. some he's abusing a power that is conveyed upon him by 
that that you, there's something about that uniform. It's you know. Well, I, it's like Frankenstein's monster is what it's supposed to be like at the end with the mob. It's like the people are afraid of what they don't understand. Uh, but also, everyone's a bad person in this movie except for Belle. Everybody who, turns real quick too. Yeah. That's well, it's weird. the mob rule, mob <laughs> mentality. I, I know, but it's one of the, they really fall like dominoes just really quickly to that. Gaston's like, we should become a mob and go kill the beast. Everybody's like, I'll get, I'll blacksmith myself That's a battery That's all there ram. is like, to do in that town. That's murder. The thing it's nothing to do with murdering and then there is the you know they sort of kept the turn from the original which is that when he turns into the prince you're like very disappointed yeah you're like yeah that's matthew crawley cool yeah uh no i'm pro angry mobs especially in uh france at that time Uh, all i'm saying is strap on your rusty suit of armor and go hug your kids they, that's what they need these days to feel loved. Yeah. Put on a coat full of shards of glass. Yeah. <laughs> and run, don't walk. Yeah. Just like if, what you want to do is do that thing that they do in Bloodsport where you like cover your body in rope and then hot resin and then roll around <laughs> in glass and then broken glass and then give your kids a hug. That's Beauty and the Beast. Beauty. Tell us all the <laughs> can maybe can maybe uh, Patrick Stewart in Logan sing this song? I think he would definitely need to. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm as old as time. <laughs> oh man! Um, you know what? Speaking of now, if we're calling back to Logan, uh, best saber tooth in cinema, <laughs> the Beast. Oh yeah, he's totally saber tooth. Saber tooth. I always had a crush on saber tooth. So there you go. Mm. So you're a furry, is what I'm you're a saying. furry. We're all furries. Saber tooth is the most furry because he's kind of wearing jammies. Yeah, he's got like a fluffy this neck. Looks cute. You just want to. It's like he's supposed to be so scary. You just want to touch that. No, chest he's just fur. like a blonde Wolverine. You just want to. You just want to pet him against the grain. Saber-tooth. It feels like you could defeat like saber tooth just by picking up by the scruff of his neck, and he's he like, just, he has that I nerve can't move. That goes limp. <laughs> Uh, wait, did we come up with what are we doing next week? What, are, what is the assignment? Next week, we are going to talk about oh, 90210, man. Beverly Hills 90210. We a special guest. Uh, we won't say who it is. We won't but we're say who our spe- special guest it's, is. It, it, yeah. But we're busy on un- James Eckhouse. Yes, we're um, unenchanting her right now. It is going to be. She's become a haunted Corvette. We're gonna, amazing. Uh, I've been watching some of it. It's on it's on the Hulu network, the Hulu app if you want to catch up and watch some uh, key episodes of you guys from your youth. You guys are going to give me no more than 2 hours of total runtime of episodes to watch. <laughs> yes. That's exactly I can give you just 2 episodes to watch. You'll be in. Um I look forward to seeing what you guys will come up with to top this assignment for uh, So it's Alex's whatever the next movie we watch Alex I, I will has have to pick it yeah. and I think I would say it has to inspire an actual murder of one of us. <laughs> I'm so mad. Someone will have to quit the show cannot, in order to avoid I watching it. I cannot believe. Yeah. I almost called in sick just because I was like, I can't. I just can't. I hate you so Almost much. called in sick. <laughs> you can say anything to that. Uh, now you had know, that song in your head for two days. Now you know how I felt I after I watched The Great Wall and La La Land. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So on our on our official leaderboard. Where does this go? So the official leaderboard of movies that's that we the podcast made us watch that we want to kill the person who suggested it. 
Uh, the three entries are La La Land, The Great Wall, and Beauty and the Beast. There's no way that Andrew and I disliked Beauty and the Beast as much as you disliked La La Land. That's right. That's impossible. So yeah. I'm is, still winning. Well, well, our dislike is the little, it's the thing that you hold up in front of the pyramids to show scale. If there's no Chip. Like, <laughs> it's the tiny teacup. Chip cup. a teacup who's a It's the tiny teacup and your dislike is like a tea truck of some sort. It's a tea, it's, a, it's the, yeah, that's what's happening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are all enchanted objects. Not me. No, especially you. Each day, you're a hoverboard. We lose a little bit more of our humanity. That's true. Here at Northland. This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, Kasia Mihailovic, and James T. Green for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts.